Body probe Zulu 174 is ready for boarding in bay number one. Mr. Walt Disney. Thank you, Mr. DeMille. My knees are knocking together so hard they sound like a riveting machine. Maybe I'd better sit down. Come on, Walt. Stand up to the microphone. Are you a man or a mouse? Well, after associating with mice for so many years, I sometimes wonder myself. Danger. The emergency destruct system is now activated. There are those who see Norway's spirit veil in a land of forests and mystery. W Radio. Your information station. Hello and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I'm your host, Lou Mangello, and this, my friends, is show number 107 for the week of February 22nd, 2009. I'm going to kick off this week's show with some news from Walt Disney World, including a new attraction coming to Interventions, information about ESPN The Weekend, changes to Disney's Magical Express service, and a new restaurant opening soon. Now is the time, now is the best time, for another Top 10 segment. And this week, if something can't be done with excess, then it shouldn't be done at all. So Tim Foster and I will look at our top 10 things we love about Tomorrowland. So here's to the future and you. Last week marked the official grand opening of the American Idol experience at Disney's Hollywood Studios, but not before a star-studded world premiere event the night before. I had a chance to visit the blue carpet and meet and speak with many of the celebrities on hand before viewing the very special show and concert. Glenn Whalen joins me to discuss the event, the attraction, and what it means to the parks and its guests. I'll announce the winner of our last Walt Disney World Trivia Contest, as well as present yet another series of questions to challenge you this week. Get them all right and you'll have a chance to win a prize package and a bonus prize as well. Stay tuned to the end of the show for some announcements, including the date for our next Meet of the Month in Walt Disney World, before I play back some of your voicemails. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. Just a couple of quick bits of news from Walt Disney World this week. First, over in Epcot, the Raytheon Company is set to unveil an interactive math-based experience called The Sum of All Thrills over at Interventions in fall of this year. It's going to take kids through a fun and educational experience that's going to help instill a lifelong passion for math, science, and technology as part of Raytheon's Math Moves You program. Now, in addition... To this experience over at Interventions, Raytheon is also going to be hosting the 2009 Raytheon Math Counts National Competition from May 7th through the 10th at the Swan and Dolphin Resorts. From Epcot to Disney's Hollywood Studios and from math to sports, because ESPN The Weekend is back once again this year as its one-of-a-kind sports-themed special event is going to take over Disney's Hollywood Studios from February 27th through March 1st. ESPN personalities and more than 30 legendary athletes, including NFL quarterbacks Kurt Warner and Brett Favre, 2009 Major League Baseball Hall of Famer Ricky Henderson, and U.S. Olympic gold medalist Sean Johnson are going to be part of the event, 
It's also going to feature live on-site telecasts of popular ESPN shows starting Thursday, February 26th, including Baseball Tonight, First Take, Mike and Mike in the Morning, NFL Live, and interview segments for SportsCenter. There's also going to be motorcades, Q&A sessions with athletes, ESPN personalities, and lots more. There's also going to be the ESPN Sports Zone interactive area and the Dream Job, the Experience event, which is going to allow guests who think that they have what it takes to be on SportsCenter to audition for ESPN. They'll be taken through a series of on-air tasks, and then the audience is going to select the best sportscaster during each show. ESPN personalities and sports celebrities are also going to help mentor the guests during that experience. And then a new addition to ESPN The Weekend is a 5K race through Disney's Hollywood Studios Saturday, February 28th at 7 a.m. It's going to challenge runners with ESPN and sports trivia, also going to feature athletes and more ESPN personalities. And most importantly, it's going to benefit the V Foundation for cancer research. Everybody who participates is going to get a free T-shirt and finisher's medal. There's also a fun run for kids at 8.30. To register or to find out more, visit DisneyEnduranceSeries.com. And for more information about ESPN The Weekend, visit ESPNTheWeekend.com. Over at the resorts, starting March 30th, 2009, there's an important change to Disney's Magical Express, as they are going to be discontinuing the delivery of luggage for arrivals at Orlando International Airport after 10 p.m. So if your flight arrives at the airport after 10 p.m., you now must go to collect your luggage from the baggage claim area and take it to your Magical Express bus, which, of course, will then transport you and your luggage directly to your Disney Resort. Of course, flights arriving from 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. will still be able to have their luggage delivered automatically to their resort. Finally, over at Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge Villas, the Sana Restaurant is going to be opening on May 1st. The name, which means work of art, is going to serve beautiful African cuisine with Indian flavors such as tandoori selections, curried flavored dishes, and a variety of Indian breads for breakfast and dinner. Reservations opened on February 16th for DVC members through member services, and they open Monday, February 23rd to the general public through 407 WDW Dine. That's it. That's all the news from Walt Disney World this week. If you have any news that you want to share, email me at lou at wdwradio.com or to discuss any news, visit the forums over at disneyworldtrivia.com. Before our preview of Tomorrowland, I'd like to read these few words of dedication. A vista into a world of wondrous ideas, signifying man's achievement, a step into the future with predictions of constructive things to come. Tomorrow offers new frontiers in science, adventure, and ideals. The atomic age, the challenge of outer space, and the hope for a peaceful and unified world. To infinity. And beyond! Believe me, things couldn't be any better than they are today. Eastern Airlines Flight 72, your Fiesta flight to Mexico and the ancient pyramids, now departing at gate 19. Our mission to Mars takes place sometime in the future when a sightseeing trip to the red planet is an everyday adventure. Here's to the future! 
Tomorrowland Transit Authority Metroliner nonstop now departing Rocket Tower Plaza Station for a round-trip Super Skyway Tour. Welcome aboard, TTA travelers. Whether you're a humanoid, a robot, or an alien passenger, we hope you enjoy your trip along Tomorrowland Transit Authority's Super Skyway. With issue three of Celebrations Magazine just hitting mailboxes this week, I thought we would tie in this week's top ten with Tim Foster segment hey. <laughs> into a feature in the magazine that I really, really enjoy. And in fact, really, for me, was kind of a good excuse to talk about one of my favorite parts of the Magic Kingdom, and that is Tomorrowland. So, of course, I'm welcoming back Mr. Celebrations Magazine himself, Tim Bananas Foster. <laughs> Hi, Liv. I, I was waiting to see which one you'd speak. I know, I know. I resisted this week. Bananas is really going to stick. It is going to stick. It is going to stick. Okay. And that, and that okay. is going to be my food ref. Despite what you say, now let, I'm going to start off this segment before jumping into my list with what I when I approached you about doing this, you came up with Tim's predictions <laughs> for mine. And I wrote these down. You said, Lou, I don't think there's going to be many surprises. But I can see the Lou roster now. <laughs> and this is what you expected my list to be. And I'm going to read them off because yeah. none of these are on my official list. Uh-huh. Number I five. you out of it. That's right. <laughs> Number five, smoothies at anti-gravities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number four, a PB&J at Cosmic Ray's Starlight Cafe. Yep. <laughs> Three, funnel cake, figuring that to be somehow I would sneak that in. <laughs> yep. Under your shirt or something. <laughs> Number two, egg roll. Wait, how did you get to Adventureland? Who knows? Who cares? Pass the soy sauce. <laughs> yeah. And number one, which if you listen to the show, which obviously you don't, you thought I was going to say turkey legs at the lunching pad, but you know Tim Foster as well as yeah. I do. Turkey yeah. legs do taste best in Frontierland. Well, all right. You took it in from Frontierland then. I don't care how you get the food there. You're going to talk about it anyway. Do you think, it would, actually, you think it would make it across the park? You know, that's a very good point you raised. I stand corrected. So, and it's funny because I had anti-gravity's cappuccino smoothies on my list, so I better take it off because that'll that'll make me look really bad there. I can tell you something. I have yes. no food. I have no food on my list. I hear you. I hear you. But I don't believe you. We'll see. You'll sneak it in. I'm sure I will. But you know what? Before before I get to my list. Uh, as I was trying to put it together, and it was tougher than I thought it was going to be because there are, is so much that I love about Tomorrowland, I'm actually going to give you some things that I don't love about Tomorrowland. I, oh, whoa. I know. Shocker of Because oh. as I was thinking about it, I'm like, God, I really miss If You Had Wings. I really miss Mission to Mars. Mm. I miss the big sort of... You know, giant white spires at the entrance to, to Tomorrowland. I, I miss the Plaza Swan Boats. And I don't like seeing the empty Skyway Terminal. So maybe it's not things that I don't like about Tomorrowland. Maybe it's more things that I miss things about Tomorrowland. Because I was waiting for you to sneak a food reference in <laughs> that segment. Chili dogs. <clears throat> I'm see. I'm surprising you and and all the other listeners. Um, and I'm, I'm gonna. I I I have to take a moment and sit down here. I'm not. I know. 
I know. We're three minutes in, and I have not mentioned any food <laughs> items. But and I, well, I no, still, you've you've mentioned it. You just mentioned it in the <laughs> I'm not going to mention it manner of mentioning it. So I still win. Yeah, and you know, I so want to go first and just go with my number one thing first because I know you're going to say it, and it's going to ruin it for Wait, me. Wait before you before you start. But I'm not going to do yeah. that because as a courtesy to oh. you, uh, I'm going to let you go first and oh, great. ruin it. <laughs> but hey, before we start, though. I'm going to do what they call in the biz a shout-out here. And this is, <laughs> this is for um, the last top ten we did, which was things that were better at night. If you use the word peeps in here, I'm going to just hang up the phone. <laughs> peeps? Uh, hmm, uh, my good Shout-out to my peeps. Yeah. My good friend. Now, I uh, got an email from my good friend Stephanie, who sold me on the wonders of Dumbo the Flying Elephant at night. And uh, that's it. I, I just want to throw that out there and say, thanks, Stephanie. I'll take that under advisement. And try right, real quick, you got, you got 30 seconds. Sell me um, and the other listeners on Dumbo at night. Actually, I think there was a promise of food in there for me. That's why I <laughs> yeah. said No, I think, I think what it is, it's the uh, riding Dumbo. And as you go around, you just you can enjoy in one swoop all the the lights and the glitter of fantasy land as you go by and I guess you see the carousel here and the tea party there and, and I don't know I, 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 I said I think there's food involved God forbid I'm ever arrested please don't try and come what? to my defense because that was a weak <laughs> argument right there <laughs> no it sounded very it, it, I won't open the email but it sounded it sounded very good genuine and sincere and I promised that I would say something so I agree with Stephanie. There we I, I, go. Did, I did not need much convincing. Um, no, it's of course it's wonderful and magic. And it got, you know, because to the the views from, I mean, that's why I ride it, not just because my kids insist on riding it and waiting on uh-huh. five minutes. But and how come you're always views, on it by yourself? Well, it's for research because I like the unique views that you get of Fantasyland, and I'm just uh. up there taking pictures. <laughs> All right. Okay, I'm ready. Uh, let's see. I'm going to start with the music. Oh, God, I hate you, Tim Foster. <laughs> but no, I'm going to make this easy on you because I'll let you piggyback on this one because I'm actually going to only talk about one specific thing. And um, and I'll say before I get into my list too deep, this was a hard one for me too because I feel like we've talked about all things I could think of I feel like we've talked about before because we always talk about what you know what's great at night and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I went in for a lot of the little details that that I particularly like. And as far as music goes, the one, and for some reason I really noticed it the last time I was there, even though I was fully aware of it, was uh, riding the TTA and going into Space Mountain. I so don't like you. Oh, come on. Well, you know what I'm talking about. As you enter, it's dark and, and this ethereal, how do you like that, uh, spacey music starts playing. And um, right just as you're in that segment, I you really get taken away to a whole other place and uh it's it's one of those things I remember the music but probably couldn't hum it to you but the instant I hear it when I'm riding a TTA I'm there I'm in Tomorrowland I'm in the world of the future and it just takes me away to a magical place and that, that's the one little piece of music I will talk about and it sounds like you've got some more musical things that you particularly enjoy even though I think I took your favorite one in one fell swoop you knocked my two biggies <laughs> off the list. Thank you. Uh-oh. I hope you had reservations. Well, that was one. How'd you sneak that into two? 
<laughs> would lay people over. Uh, all right, so I did have music on the list, and I, I love the background music of Tomorrowland, and I think so many people don't pay attention to it. Uh, again, for some reason, at night, I, I really, really enjoy it. Um, originally, the, the old Tomorrowland music had that very distinct 70s feel, and while I really, really enjoy that, uh, the new tracks, uh, I think, are, are wonderful. You can sit over by the lunching pad or sit in, in a number of different, different places here in the background. But yes, Tim, the Star Tunnel music, as mm-hmm. it's so fondly referred to, is far and away one of my top ten pieces of music in, <laughs> in the Magic Kingdom. Um, I love it. It's, it's something you know I've, I've mentioned before on the show. Um, I don't know what it is about that little piece of music. We all know it. We all recognize it. And I think some of us even ride the TTA just to hear that in that you know two or three little minute section by Space Mountain. Can I ask you a question? Yes. When you are sitting by the launching pad, what exactly are you doing? I'm watching people go by with nothing that's, that's in my all. hands or mouth. That's it. That's okay. It. Right. I thought I got you. <laughs> I refuse. I refuse to to uh, to give in to the oh so all right. delicious. All right. Now are you using that for your first one, or are you just? Uh, uh, Ex- well, expanding on my... Th- I guess I'll have to use that as my first one. Because, really? Yeah, because I still have like 30 Oh, because I knocked off all, all the ones you had. So right. Down to uh, let's see, where's my next one? I'm going to see... I, I know you talked about the Tomorrowland of the past and the Grand White Spires and that sort of thing, but going in the totally opposite direction, one of the things I really like about Tomorrowland is the color. And uh, to me, uh, of course, the Magic Kingdom is full of color and lights and pizzazz everywhere you go. But uh, walking into Tomorrowland, it, to me, it's such an explosion of color. And, it, and it's funny because you, if you haven't been there and you say Tomorrowland, you might not think of that as a place where you would find a lot of color. You would, you would think of future buildings in white and stark and metallic and all that kind of thing. But... But just walking through Tomorrowland, particularly at night, as everyone knows, it, it's uh, the, the neon colors everywhere is a, a feast for the eyes, as we say. And and it's funny how some of the different attractions have their own colors. Like the TTA is blue, and, and Buzz Lightyear is green. And my my wife is convinced when you walk out of there, you have a green tinge to your vision. I've never experienced <laughs> that, so I don't know. Maybe she got hit with the. Maybe my daughter shot her with the laser a couple times in her eyes. But. <laughs> um, but it's uh, a, a little uh, magazine uh, plug here. There are some beautiful pictures of Tomorrowland that you'll all see in the issues. And, and the thing I'm always amazed with the pictures, especially at night, are the colors brighter than, than colors like I've ever seen before. But even in the other parts of the park, like Fantasyland and so forth, these, these are colors that really scream at you. And I love it. I'm so with you, and that's great. Because coming from the creative person that you, you pick up on the colors, I actually touched on it on one of my 200 um, honorable mentions when I because I talked about standing in or, or around the hub, looking down the avenue of the planet at night, the lights and the colors and the little um, the little strobes by the TT. I, it's beautiful looking. And if I had a better camera and a steadier hand, I'd have better <laughs> shots of it. But it's spectacular at night. Uh, again, completely different than any other area in, in the Magic Kingdom, and, and it so has its own 
theme and feel and look to it, and it's so distinctively Tomorrowland. And um, I don't agree with your wife about seeing green when you walk in. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. Now, this is funny because all the people email and say, I know, I've seen that too. I don't know what it is. <laughs> or maybe they won't, and I'll chalk it up to my wife and say, you got me again because I didn't see it. You so. foster shooting, shooting each other with the lasers. Can't just I don't do that. Lasers. I'm too busy getting my million points, but <laughs> I'm sorry, 999,000. Okay, if I can now finally have one of my own. Um, sure. I hope I hope I steal this from you. <laughs> One of my things that I love about Tomorrowland is the Metro phone. Mm. And people are saying, nope. "What is the Metro? You what may is a Metro you phone. You may have walked right by it, and it coincidentally does happen to be in or around the seating areas of the lunching pan. And oh, it's delicious treats." But it's this, ah! <laughs> okay. it is this space age sort of phone booth with a white dome on top, uh, three or four uh, metal uh, uh, legs that, that hold it up. And you can just walk into it. It's sort of enclosed halfway within a sort of like a, a glass cylinder. And it's run by the Galactic Communications Network, which brings worlds closer together. You can make calls toll free anywhere in the galaxy and there's a keypad there there's an old telephone style keypad there and if you press the button you'll get a variety of different messages and i'm not going to play them all and spoil it for you here i think it's a great treat i think most people walk right by it think it's just a prop again it's one of those little hidden treasures that you can interact with have a little fun with um kids and adults and uh, i think it's just pretty neat and again uh very much overlooked by the passerby and very close to food. I hadn't even noticed. I think you. I, I think you just noticed. mentioned food. I'm not sure. <laughs> and I'm glad to say that wasn't on my list, so you didn't get me. So the next one on my list is. All right here we go. One word. Skippy. <laughs> That's my next one. <laughs> not not the peanut butter. But. Um, yeah, I, I was actually a big fan of Alien Encounter. I know. Some people loved it. Some people, not so much. But I, I really liked it a lot. It was it was one of my favorite attractions in Tomorrowland. And I was I was very sad to see it go. Um, and of course, one of my favorite moments in the ride was the little furry alien Skippy getting sadly fried to a crisp in a teleportation experiment gone sadly wrong. But. When uh, Stitch's Great Escape opened, um, the one thing I was glad to see was Skippy is still there. He's in a little better shape now than he used to be. Still a little upset, though. Or whatever noise he makes. Um, <laughs> you and your impressions, boy, that could be a whole clip <laughs> show in and of itself. Um, I, if anyone has any thoughts on getting me something for upcoming holidays, a stuffed Skippy would be very nice. But... Um, now he's one of my favorite little furry characters uh, that that I've seen in in Tomorrowland. That was a really weird sentence right there, um, <laughs> but I'm glad he's still there. I love him very much. I'm glad he didn't go the way of the rest of Alien Encounter, and whether he likes chili dogs or not, I'm not sure. But he's still my little buddy. You are our lucky volunteer, Tim Curry. <laughs> Love Tim Curry in Alien Encounter, and that was my best Tim Curry impression. That's all you're going to get. Sorry. Okay. But I'm with you. I'm with Curry. you on Skippy. Curry's food. Never mind. Oh, stop. You're worse than I am. Right. Okay. okay. I'm going to I'm gonna keep to the same theme. And again, I, I didn't want to just pick the obvious, like Skippy. Um, 
oh. uh, with next on my list. And uh, another overlooked character in Tomorrowland is the Robo News Guy. Mm. He is a little sad. He's a sad-looking robot with his little blue hat. Near the entrance queue to Astro Orbiter, in between Astro Orbiter and one of the other things on my list, the entrance to the Wedway People Mover slash TTA, uh, he is a little sort of robotic newsstand that has newspapers inside that you can't purchase, um, although you can look in. Uh, used to be called the Tomorrowland Times. Now it's the Galaxy Gazette, printed while you wait, by the way. And if you look very closely inside, you'll see that the headline is Stitch Escapes. And there's actually a full story there about Stitch's escaping. Obviously, Stitch's great escape being right down the street. Uh, there's also some language in there written in the same style of, of alien language that you see in the queue of Stitch's great escape. Um, and if you walk by, there's two little motion sensors that'll detect movement in front. So as you walk by and look in, you'll actually, again, get some very funny things um, spat out to you by the Robo News guy. Great little details in there. If you look right under sort of his chest area, the old sort of typewriter keys in there, uh, I think it's pretty neat. Again, often overlooked. So uh, big thumbs up to the Robo News guy. Big thumbs up. Um Let's see, for my next one. Or as Tim would say, a shout-out to the robot. Shout-out to my peeps. <laughs> my robotic peeps. <laughs> Let's see. My next... Hmm. See, I got three left. I'm seeing what I'm going to do. Well, for this one, I'll go this way. Um, one of the things I like in Tomorrowland is actually the Wishes fireworks. Huh? Everybody says. Um, of course, they're... <laughs> you must see them from Main Street. Uh, with the castle in full view but uh, if you've done that and you're looking for an out of the way place one place I really like to watch wishes from is the path that goes from Tomorrowland up by Toontown Fair to um, Fantasyland by the Starlight Cafe because actually there's a nice little nice little walkway there you have a, a great view of the fireworks you can't see the castle but the fireworks are right there and rarely is really anybody there and some people may show up here and there, but it's a place where you can go find a spot. You can show up right as the fireworks let off. You don't have to worry about sitting and waiting around for a place. And there are speakers right there, I know, because I stood right in front of them and it was extremely loud. But um, kind of an overlooked place to see the fireworks from, but you get a spectacular view. And, and if you're there and you want to see the fireworks from a different spot, I recommend it. And you can enjoy a, a mm -hmm. snack of some kind if you want to. So. Who's the food-obsessed guy now? <laughs> but I'm happy you said that, only because it was not on my list. So, there you go. But but I do agree. Uh, next on my list, uh, the Star Tunnel. No, scratch that off. So I'll move down to my number four on my list. Thank you, Tim Foster. Yep. And uh, again, it's another. It's a it's a guy. It's a character, and it's my man, Sunny Eclipse. <laughs> and I'm not going to mention that he performs inside Cosmic Rays Starlight Cafe. Awesome even though you just it. did. Uh, I love Sonny. I love his space angels. Maybe even better than Michael Iceberg. Remember Michael Iceberg and the Iceberg Machine? Oh, yeah. Come on. Yeah, you do not. <laughs> I think the first time you went to Disney was last year. I, I, I love the idea of Sonny Eclipse. Uh, again, I think he's funny. You get some free entertainment. Definitely keeps the kids occupied if you want to take a little break, cool off a little bit while you get down in there. Uh, very cool how the stage sort of moves up and down. And every now and then, you'll also get other live acts performing in there. Um, 
if there's some special events and things going on. But I think I think Sonny's cool. I think he's funny, and uh, and he's a heck of a good singer. Do you have a favorite song? Sing a few. Favorite song. Come on. You know, I was, I was going to save those for the American Idol experience. Oh, okay. I'm going right. to tell them we're going to sing one thing and just belt out Sunny Eclipse. Oh, that is so the day I am going in as a judge. <laughs> I'd say, well, let's see, I'm go- moving on to my last one. Now, get this. See, I have two left, but I'm going to sneak them into one thing because you do that all the time. <laughs> and, uh, and and this is hard. I know uh, it's it's fun to go after the small details that you might overlook but if we're talking about our favorite things in Tomorrowland there are two that I have and and they're probably rather obvious but I would be remiss if I did not mention this is how I'm going to get them both as you're walking towards the carousel of progress you might walk past some very unusual palm trees Mm. yes and, and the palm trees are amazing and it's one of those things I think they're obvious. I think everybody knows about them. But a lot of times when I'm with people, I, you know, I will realize they didn't really ever notice them before. And when I point them out to them, you know, you, they look at them and go, wow, that is really cool. And for those few who aren't sure what I'm talking about, these are the futuristic version of palm trees in metallic greens and, and, and so forth. And brilliantly lit up at night as is everything else. And just one of those little touches again, but it, it's it's really cool when you get the. We're in Florida, but we're in the world of the future, so it, it's kind of cool. And I enjoy the palm trees on my way to the Carousel of Progress. Where I'm going to talk about my real number one. Blatant <laughs> oh, <laughs> disregard of the rules there, but I'll let totally, it. Totally, totally throwing the rules out the window. But this is my favorite scene, and again, it's it's an obvious one, but is is the final scene in in the Carousel of Progress. Of progress the Christmas scene and I know to some people the scene might be a little outdated and it, it is in some ways but despite that every time I see that scene it it makes me feel very well very Christmassy obviously it, it to me it's so different from the rest of the show and uh, and even though some of the technology could stand to be updated a little bit it it still is uh, to me a very magical scene not not only because it puts me in the holiday mood which it does of course but to me for some reason it just says the whole Disney magic thing to me just just everything about it um, the, the little bit of humor the lights uh, uh, that hidden Mickeys that you can find here and there on the on the kitchen counter um, my favorite scene far and away in carousel of progress and, and my one of my very favorite things in tomorrow all right, I'm going to stop here real quick because certainly we have to do a full, you know, DSI detailed way back machine on Carousel uh, Progress for a whole show. But I will tell you that on my honorable mention list was in that scene, the message board all the way to the right hand side near where the mom is sitting. If you can get over to that side of the show, sit in the front row, there is a treasure trove of cool little stuff if you're a geek like me and have seen the show a thousand times. <laughs> There's a note pinned on the board that says Marty called, wants changes. That's obviously a reference to Marty Sklar. Um, there's also a far side. Remember the far side uh, cartoons? There's a far side daily calendar page. This was a Disney yes. Disney calendar page. Uh, there's a Mighty Ducks button. A lot of photos mm-hmm. of Imagineers kids. There's old, um, some real, real, actually old versions of Macintosh applications. Um, there's like some Adobe applications and some Mac apps. 
again, just little details I think that are just sort of throwaway that I like oh so very much. And then before I move on, I want to ask you a question because you talked about oh. well, oh, you boy. talked about it needing a little bit of updating technology-wise. Yeah. And my question to you is this: How, if in any way, would you, Tim Foster, oh, upgrade boy. the Carousel of Progress? Would you upgrade some of the earlier scenes? Would you just upgrade the technology? Would you change the last scene to be something a little more "quote unquote" futuristic? You know, it's funny because as I've here having heard that mentioned a lot, and the obvious things you would say is, you know, let's get a nice big plasma screen in there instead of the big hunk of a projection TV or, or whatever's in there. But actually, in its way, I like it the way it is. Uh, so I, I guess I'm kind of copping out and saying I really wouldn't change it at all because I don't. I don't really see it. I, I kind of see that scene as in the same vein as the rest of Tomorrowland. I, I don't see it as a depiction of the future so much. And I don't see it really as a picture of the today so much. I, I kind of see it a picture of the tomorrow that we all imagine it to be, even though that might not be the way it is, if that makes any sense at all. Does that make sense? Almost in the way Hollywood Studios was the Hollywood that never really was sort of our imagined version of what Hollywood might have been. This is the tomorrow version that could have been not necessarily meaning to represent the real future or showcasing future technologies. Yeah, because I guess I would see it. I'm not really so much interested in seeing what the future of the home is going to be. There's other places in Walt Disney World to do that, of course. This is it's it's more of a fantasy of the future and kind of like you know, an ideal version of, of holiday in the year 2000, fill in the blank, you know. Because um, it's funny, because while some things need updating, some stuff that they talk about is yet to come for most people. So it's, it's kind of a nice mix. I and like I agree with you. I would keep most of the scenes the same. I might update the last version, uh, the last scene. I will tell you that I love this attraction for so many reasons. Much of it truly is nostalgia and one of the things that I love most about the attraction is that it is called Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress it's not the Carousel of Progress it's Walt Disney's and I like the fact that they have attached and keep Walt's name uh, to it and of course I should have called it that earlier uh, that wasn't meant to call yeah <laughs> my little my little reference no I, no I agree it's it's really a nice connection to the man himself and, and I like that they talk about Walt Disney you know in the in the beginning and his thoughts and what he what his views of the attraction were and all that kind of thing and Cousin Orville how can you not like Mel uh, Blanc doing the voice that's awesome oh wait do that again what you you did it the voice that was awesome you thought that was me doing Mel Blanc no that was me um, just excited talking about Mel Blanc well you sounded just like no privacy at all in this place <laughs> that sounded good that was great. see now I can't do it because I'm on the spot and I'm, and I'm gonna you know end up sounding like Carrie Underwood trying to do Mel Blanc, so... Alright, Lou Mangiello's number one. Things he likes in Tomorrowland. Go, Lou. Well, I was gonna I want to tell you, I, I was going to say, as one of the things that I, I should have put it in there, um, since you took two of my other ones, what yeah. I really I wanted to say was the very cool Avenue of the Planets sign that is at mm -hmm. the entrance, but it wasn't there last week, and I don't know oh, if cool. it's gonna come back or if it's just being repaired, because the whole thing was gone. Uh, you know, the base really? of it was there, but the whole thing was gone, and there's little cool signs on there, like the sleepless nights of the Milky Way, nights hmm. being K-N. 
uh, the Loyal Order of Little Green Men, the League of Planets logo, lots of cool stuff on there. Um, but again, I, I didn't want to mention it since it was gone. But my first and oh-so-obvious one, but I couldn't leave it off the list, is obviously the Wedway People Mover. Yay. TTA to you and me, kids. Uh, the backstory behind it. I, I loved the... The music. I love the linear induction motors and the sound that they make. I love the the little blue robot in the inside section by Space Mountain that used to actually used to be reading the Robo News. Now he has the, the news newspaper tied up and he's got his little suitcase with him. Um, you know, your, your party from Saturn has arrived. The Galaxy M31 reference. Um, yes. Which I won't spoil because I know we talk about it in the magazine. Uh, there's so much to the TTA that uh, I love. I think it's a great attraction. I think it's a great place to rest. You get beautiful views. Again, great at night. Paging Mr. Morrow, Mr. Tom Morrow, classic. Uh, again, there, there is actually a story attached to the TTA. This is the blue line. Uh, there's also a red line, um, which is it takes you outside of Tomorrowland. And the green line, that um, takes you to the Hoverburbs, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, Obviously, the Epcot model, um, the, the original Epcot model that, that's in there. Getting to go through other attractions, the list goes on. Much like me, the list goes on and on and on. But I'm sure you agree. People Mover, huge. Love, Love people the People Mover. Mover. Seeing Space Mountain in the, with the lights on. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Nice. Hey, you know what? Uh, since you asked me a question, I will ask you a question. Seeing Space Mountain with the lights on. Like it, don't like it. Love it. Love, love it. it. Okay. Love it. Love it. Love right. it. And now, and now, again, ride the TTA at the very, very end of the night. And oftentimes you can get lucky enough to see Space Mountain with the lights on. And that's when you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe how close and tight and dense <laughs> this track really is. Um, you know, but I think it's cool. And I've actually ridden Space Mountain with the lights on, too. Really? Yes. Yeah, I couldn't tell. My eyes were always closed. I, I figured you probably, you know, that was a little <laughs> too scary for you. No, it's funny. I, I think it's neat when you see it on tube, and my wife is is the opposite. To her, it's 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 kind of like, you know, looking at the man behind the curtain. She goes, boy, that thing's big and gray, isn't it? And, uh, it's nothing beautiful. It's not anything beautiful to look at, but, but I love... It's really cool. I love the technology behind the magic, so I, I like getting a chance to see that. So, again, I will come back to you with a question, Counselor. Space oh Mountain going down for major, major refurb. Yes, yes. Love it, hate it. What do you think? Again, uh, we don't well, know. From, we don't know what's going to change. I know, but well, it, it, I love it, hate it. What am I loving or hating? The fact that it's closed, or the fact that they're rehabbing? The fact that it's going um, to be rehabbed, or do you like the? Do you like sort of these original classic attractions to stay well, the way they are? Here's here's my thing. I think I'm going to love it. Um. I'm not trying to feed the rumor mill or anything. Cause that's that's not my thing. That's your thing. But, um, you know, the length of the rehab and, and what seems to be happening doesn't sound like they're going to like, change it. So uh, the one thing I would not like is if they said, Space Mountain opening soon, triple loops, corkscrews, 50 Gs of I wouldn't like that because I don't like that kind of thing. But, um, no, if, if it sounds like it's... it's Staying basically the way it is and getting plussed and all that, I, I assume that's what you're hearing as well. Yeah, um, and, and in the Mickey Monitor, I know they said that the the ride layout was not going to change. Right. So, and, th- and that being the case, then I I fully expect when it opens up that it'll be just cleaner, brighter, cooler, and 
uh, you know, maybe smoother and, and that kind of thing. Actually, it's going to be the opposite from what it, it's going to be. It might be cleaner, but it's going to be darker because it's very, very... Well, no, that's, there's, a that's, lot of, that's, there's a lot of ambient light that gets through there. If you've been on Disneyland's Space Mountain, you can yeah. see the difference. You have no, your eyes closed. Not, what do you, you don't know. What, it's the same to you. <laughs> no, in that sense, I'm okay, and I hope I love it, and I, and I think I will be happy with it. Okay. Same question to you, though. What, what is your... I don't uh, like the ETAs going there. I, I, I was just going to say, I don't like the TTA is going to be down because that's <laughs> that my one and only ride that I have to do when yes. I go there. And if they lose the Star Tunnel music, I, I'm telling oh, you, uh, you know, yeah. please don't take away my Star Tunnel music. That's all I ask. Um, but, but these kind of things are usually very exciting to me because I, I, I trust Disney. I trust their judgment. Again, it's not going to be any sort of a it doesn't sound like a, a very radical refurbishment or, or departure from the classic attraction, which I like. Um, I, you know me. I love the classics. So, <laughs> now is that yes. is that the end of your list? Uh, that was the final step on my list. That was well, your last one, wasn't? That it? was my that was my um, that was my last one, and and most of my honorable mentions I've already mentioned already. Although one thing we didn't mention, and I think we both really like this, maybe we've talked about it in the past, Ooh. the hidden walkway to Mickey's yeah. Toontown Fair. Yeah. And the only reason I didn't mention it is because I feel we've talked about it in every show that we've ever done. But <laughs> yes, that's that's very much a favorite of mine. I'm sure we could rattle off a whole list of other things that are favorites too. I did actually get through all of mine, but I, I got through I got through most of mine. Um, what you know what else I like too? I, I love the view, and, and I've held a number of meets there in the past. I love the view from the terrace at the Tomorrowland Terrace Noodle Station. Yes. Yeah. The view of the it castle would, in the background is wonderful. Yeah, we were we were for one of the first times we were there. That's where we watched the fireworks from. An evening I will never forget. I'll tell you the one thing. Yeah, you had things you didn't like about Tomorrowland. One thing I didn't like was being in the Monsters Inc. laugh floor, and they picked on me last time. It's so easy. <laughs> I mean, it's such <laughs> a soft. And I didn't. I didn't. I got sad. So. I'm also sad that the noodle station. Me. That the noodle station is closed so often. When yeah. the noodle station yeah. opened with its original menu, I really, really liked some of the stuff they had. They had a, a wonderful Thai noodle bowl. You got a lot of food for a very, very good price. It was a great value, um, and the menu has changed. Fortunately, unfortunately, and, and it's not it's not open that often, which I, I always hate seeing. I always hate menus that that are not open all the time, especially well, when they involve food. So there you go. Yeah. So what is the attraction you miss the most? If you had wings. Besides if you had wings, which, <laughs> which you've mentioned before. Uh, the attraction that I miss second most, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to say Delta's Dream Flight. I, maybe the Timekeeper. The Timekeeper. Or Mission to Mars. I, I love. I really liked Mission to Mars. I like the time. Yeah, I, I have fond memories of Mission to Mars going on that with my dad as a kid. And maybe that's where it comes from. But I think the Timekeeper... Was great too. Um, yeah, I, I love that. especially the fine. I love the final scene in that, and I, I do miss that. Great. And I'm afraid of going in Monsters Inc. because I'm afraid they're going to pick on me again. And I try to keep a low profile. No, maybe that's what did me in. Do I have to have the same conversation I just had with my three-year-old son, which is Tim? You don't have to be scared of anything in Disney World. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Dad. <laughs> So, but anyway, Mr. Foster, uh, we should tell listeners that, number one, I want to hear what you guys have to say. I want to hear some of the things that you love about Tomorrowland, because I'm sure there's many, many people that have 
various things that were not on our lists. And two, please go and check out issue three of Celebrations Magazine because we, there is, Tim did a beautiful job laying out a great piece on Tomorrowland and there's some beautiful uh, photographs in there, none of which were taken by me, by the way. I took a couple. Hey, and, and, and the sign is in there. If it, if it indeed vanished somewhere and everyone doesn't either know what we're talking about or misses it, there coincidentally is a very nice picture of it in the magazine. So, Absolutely. And again, which as you said, should be hitting everyone's mailbox. If it hasn't already, it should be coming very, very soon. Awesome. Quick plug, celebrationspress.com. And Tim Foster, go check all his great stuff out over at guidetothemagic.com. Tim, we have many, many more top tens to come. But as always, if you guys have a suggestion for a top ten that you'd like us to do, email me, lou at wdwradio.com, and I'll bring Mr. Bananas Foster back once again. Until next time. Until next time. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Tim. Well, I can see my old buddy Mike Feedback, the technician up there in the control booth, has given me the signal to take five. Now, don't go away, because we have some very special entertainment to follow. Last week, I had the privilege of being invited to the American Idol Experience world premiere at Disney's Hollywood Studios, and the location lived up to its names as it was filled with all of the glitz and the glamour and media coverage of a true Hollywood event, and it marked the opening of an attraction unlike any other in Walt Disney World, where you, the guest, are not just in the audience, but are the star and the judge and may even be able to make someone's real-life dream come true. And this week, to talk about the American Idol experience and the event. I'm joined by somebody who I think made love Justin Guarini just a little bit more than you do, Glenn Whalen, who was able to experience it with me. <laughs> Glenn, welcome. <laughs> it's great to be here, Lou. You're, I'm glad you're happy that I said Justin Wait, Guarini. Justin, quiet down over there. I'm sorry. He's being loud again. So. <laughs> Right. You're probably happy that I said Justin Guarini instead of Justin Machoni. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Glenn, you were um, uh, much to my wife's dismay. You were able to actually join me on the event because you helped me cover it, and, and we'll talk about some of the stuff that that we did there. But I thought it would be interesting to talk about this because of the size and the scope. Uh, really, unlike anything I've ever seen for an attraction opening in one of the theme parks. Absolutely, I, uh, it was exhilarating, it, just exhilarating. The uh, amount of uh, the the uh, glamour and the glitz that they achieved through that event was just exhilarating. I was pumped up the entire evening. I was really excited before I went down. Um, this is the first time I was able to cover something like this, and I started to get a sense of how big this was really going to be when they started to leak some information about who was going to be there, and what they were going to do. And I wasn't just sure if this was something that they were doing as sort of a a sneak peek, but really was for much of the event, it was open up to guests, which I was really happy about. And I wasn't sure if this was going to be a surprise for them, but 
Clearly it wasn't, because the highlight of the day was going to be this star-studded motorcade of American Idol stars that started at 4.30, and then they were going to close the park down at 6. But what I was told is that very, very early in the morning, like think Star Wars weekends, people were lining up at the gate. At 9 o'clock, when those gates opened, people ran up to Hollywood Boulevard and plopped themselves down and sat there until 4.30 so they can get their, you know, their place and their spot to see the American Idol stars go by. Right, yeah, they were lined the the entire blue carpet down Hollywood Boulevard there. And that was pretty impressive, too. You know, you walk into Hollywood Boulevard, and there's this gigantic, like I said, blue carpet right up Hollywood Boulevard with the big American Idol Experience logo. And by the time we got there later in the day, it was already going. I mean, people were lined up, crowds were screaming, and... I was blown away, Glenn, by the amount of media coverage that was there. I mean, this was like a major media event, and I don't mean local media. I mean international media. I mean things like Access. We were standing next to Access Hollywood and Us Magazine and Extra and E and all those other shows that my wife watches religiously. Univision. (laughs) Right. Univision was there. It, It was incredible. And then, you know, you started seeing people, you know, dressed up for the event and really... Disney made a huge, huge deal out of this. Yes. Yeah, for everybody. And because of that, I think a bunch of us made a big deal about it. Right. And this was something, I mean, I was very excited for American Idol for a number of reasons. I was excited because, number one, on a very basic level, you hate seeing a venue sitting empty. So I was happy to see it being replaced with something. And I liked the idea of American Idol. And I know some people criticized it, saying, well, you know, American Idol, it's, it's seven years old. You know, they've missed the boat on it. I don't think so. And, and I think that's maybe why they made such a big deal about this grand opening, because there's still such a mass appeal because of the show's tie-in. Remember, American Idol, like it or not, it still is like the number one watched show on television. Absolutely. And, and the, the, we're talking about it took the place of an attraction that featured scenes from the I Love Lucy show in it, which was also a show that had been gone for a long time. So I guess you can keep this running for a long time. This is still the number one show. You look at the ratings this year, no matter what you think about the the idea of the show, it is still the number one show out there. And where we were um, on the blue carpet, I actually really liked, because we were at the very end, right in front of the entrance to the theater. So we didn't watch the motorcade go by, but as the American Idol stars and the celebrities like Paul Abdul and and Ryan Seacrest came out and walked into the theater, that's where we had a chance to talk to them. But even before that, and and sort of evidencing the fact about the show's popularity, again, people were lined five, six, seven, ten people deep on the rails to watch these people. And we had a chance to go over and talk to them and you were with me. I mean, people are very, very excited, not just because the stars were there, but for this attraction opening. Yeah, they, there were people lined up. They wanted to just to get a glimpse of their favorite. They, someone wanted to see Fantasia. Someone wanted to see Catherine McPhee. They were, they were people they were hoping that they were standing 50 yards away in hopes that they were going to see these people. And there was that so, girl with the I Heart Passamaquoddy sign, which was nice. Which was a nice... <laughs> <laughs> I tried to get her to explain what that meant. <laughs> but yeah, we uh, we had a chance to talk to the crowd, and, and they were excited to watch. They were, there were people who were very excited to try out. Um, you know, we, we talked to some people who belted out tunes right there, 
And uh, we also had a chance to talk to Disney's chief magic official, Justin Michoni. Um, he, too, was very, very excited about the event. And he made a great point in that this is why I think it's going to be so successful, is that unlike anything else we have in Walt Disney World, the guest is the star. The guest is the entertainment. And that level of interactivity, even with all the other interactive things that we have going on and the opportunities to do things like Jedi Training Academy or, or be part of the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular, this is it. I mean, you, the guests provide the entertainment and not in a, in a make fun of you comedic kind of way, but in a real genuine bit of, of, of entertainment value. Absolutely, and I think we're we're experiencing a a, a a change. We're spearing a switch over there. We had a lot of people who were concerned about the level of talent, but a lot of these people are now, you know, we're practicing with Guitar Hero and Rock Band, <laughs> and people are working on these things at home now. The talent that I've seen in the four times I've seen the show has been nothing to be concerned about. There have been a definitely reasonable talent up there on the stage. Now, reasonable compared to my talent, I, I think it's spectacular. <laughs> but, <laughs> but across the board, you're right. And, and I was very impressed uh, in the show that we saw that night. There were five performers, and most of them were very, very good. I mean, I think it really came down to two who was going to be the ultimate winner, and I think it was very, very close. Yes. So Yeah, I think so. And they, they don't tell you what the final tally is. They just announce who the winner is. Exactly. And we'll talk about the show, too, because the show that we got a chance to see was special as well. But I'm happy that you've gotten to see the regular show sort of during week without all the uh, the fanfare. But right. the blue carpet was great. And, and I will admit to having watched my fair share of American Idol, uh, and I won't just blame my wife for it. But, of course, <laughs> you see the names like Ryan Seacrest and Paula Abdul. But a lot of the other American Idol winners, as well as some of the other stars, people that didn't win but were runners-up. Guys like uh, David Archuleta were there and Saisha and, you know, some of these other guys. And we had a chance to talk to them as they came down. And they were excited uh, for guests because having seen the stage, having seen backstage, knowing that they're going to be able to condense into a couple of hours what they were able to go through over a period of months, they were very, very genuinely excited about. Yeah, actually, uh, Ace Young was one of them who took a lot of time to talk about how great it was that the way that they've been able to cram everything into a three-hour experience. Uh, and uh, and he also thought it was an incredible offering. So it was nice to see that they are actually in touch with it. And they actually see that there might be some sort of advantage to it. Sanjaya was actually uh, speaking about how this might actually raise the bar when you are – actually taking the auditioning people and improving their quality on the front end. Exactly. And, and one thing I love, too, uh, about the audition process is once you start getting through that first level and that second level, Disney will bring in a vocal coach and a performing coach to improve your performance before you get on stage, before you get in front of those thousand people who are going to vote on you. And I think it's great um, that they really try and want to give you and give the audience the best possible performance. And some of the, the idol stars were, seemed genuinely humbled. Like I mentioned, Justin Guarini, your favorite. You can look at the poster on your wall to prove it. Uh, <laughs> was genuinely humbled to, in his words, sort of be immortalized in, in this attraction in this way. Because I think a lot of these people, too, are Disney fans. And it's this marriage of family-friendly entertainment from the American Idol perspective and from the Disney perspective that they really enjoyed. 
Yeah, the, so, so many of them talked about their relationship with Disney prior. Uh, Phil Stacy spoke with us at length to say that he, is, he and his family were just down here the week earlier where nobody knew who he was and they were experiencing staying at Disney as a Disney loving family. And then he comes back a week later and people are screaming on the side of the road for him. So it was a, a, a funny uh, imposition for him. <laughs> right. And some of the people I, I knew by face, again, guys like, you know, Justin Guarini and, and David Cook and Jason Castro, Diana DeGarmo. But I, I two words, Carrie Underwood. Carrie Underwood. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My wife begged me to talk to David Cook. I held out and I waited for Carrie Underwood, who was wonderful. Who was wonderful? Yes, and, she was great. I'm she, surprised. I'm just very proud of you that you got a word out. <laughs> I have no idea what she said to me. <laughs> Something about loving the show. I thought. I thought I heard yes, her say she loved yes, the show. I think she said she, she might have been talking about Idol. I was thinking WDW <laughs> Radio. <laughs> But and there's and she's got the Disney connection too with Enchanted. So that's right. But uh, that's after after all the celebrities came through, we were ushered in to see the show. That was my first time seeing the stage and the set. And I can tell you, the pictures so do not do it justice. It is absolutely incredible what that set and stage look like. It's it's bright. It's beautiful. They've got the, the, the huge sort of stadium size LED screen, uh, the other screens on the side. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's such an incredible and, and the effects that they use on that stage, they build up so much energy, an energy level that I don't think I felt in any of the parks at any time. This is by the end of that show, I just could not help but feel energized by what I was seeing, by the all the moving lights and spectacular LED. Just the whole feeling of that event really had me all pumped up. You must be looking over my shoulder at my notes because on one line I have one word and it just says energy. And I, right. not in universe of, of, but in the amount of energy. And I don't think it was specific to this. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. Because I'm getting a feeling from other people that have seen other shows, that sense of energy in the crowd is still there. Either because they're excited to be there, they're excited to be seeing the set, they're excited to be voting for a person that they may know. But it's a very, very high energy show. Oh yeah, with the exception of the uh, performance by by existing Idol stars, the show we saw was was the same. Uh, the same caliber as the the show that happens five times a day, every day, with the exception of with the exception of the uh, idol performances. Right, and we were treated to some very cool surprises. Um, the first of which, Ryan Seacrest, the host of the Real Show, comes out and takes on some of the hosting duties for that performance, and then we got a chance to see all seven past American Idol winners come out on stage uh, with the American Idol uh, creator. Simon Fuller, they also received American Idol trophies that they're going to start giving to all the other winners, which was cool. I mean, there, were, there was definitely a coolness aspect to it. It was the first time all seven of them were together. First time, actually, a lot of them actually had even met each other uh, was right there on stage. <laughs> yes. And, and talk about, we, yeah, it was a moment for everybody in the audience to go, wow, this American Idol thing really is pretty huge. <laughs> And there was that moment um, that I did feel a little bit of guilt that, that I was sitting there with you, you know, arm in arm, <laughs> watching David Cook and Carrie Underwood belt that song while my wife was home taking care of my two kids. But, right, but, right. 
But it was. It was a working trip, and we were working and taping and, and doing all kinds of fun stuff for the show. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I have to tell you, I, I wasn't sure. I said, you know, am I going to lose something? You know, because there is a celebrity aspect to these people when you watch them on TV. Do you lose something when you watch a, a, a guest that you may have just ridden Toy Story Mania with up there? And not at all. You 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 find yourself, I think, picking a favorite and, and rooting for somebody, really cheering them on um, and really sort of wishing them well. And I like that. I, I like the fact that you, you make that connection as you start seeing these people for, perform. Lou, I've, I've seen it three times now, and I'm amazed when I left what an emotional attachment I had to the person I was voting for immediately. I really wanted that person to win and actually was sort of bothered when somebody didn't like who I picked. And, you know, I really was emotionally involved in an attraction in a way that I just haven't done in a very long time. I, I felt the same way because I voted for uh, a girl in the show that did not win. And I went up to her later on and I felt compelled to say, you know what? You did an amazing job. You know, you were spectacular. Congratulations on just making it that far. And she was awesome, too. Yeah, she was she was very, very good. She was very, very good. Uh, and the thing that I like about this attraction, like the real television show, is that although there are judges up on stage, it is the fans and not those judges who have the final say on who moves forward, who really is the best of all those bests of people that perform that day. And, and the judges add another element to it. We'll touch on that for a second. But the fact that we get to choose, I think, is really what makes this attraction different and special. That person who's going to be up there singing, they're walking around the, 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 the park that day wearing something saying, come see me at the 3 o'clock show. I'll be singing and vote for me. So if you talk to this, if you're online for a rock and roller coaster next to this person and you're talking to them, you're, you're, gonna, you're next to who's going to be a celebrity pretty soon. So you're going to go and you're going to cheer them on. And if they make it on to the evening show, you're going to go back for that evening show. Absolutely. And you're going to vote for them again. You know, even if someone's better, you're emotionally involved with that person and you're going to vote for them. I'm going to just ask you a quick question. Having seen it so many times, is this an attraction that you would go to see more than once a day, potentially? Let me let me start out by saying I I never watched the show Uh, and then say if I were. At a two o'clock show, and the person that I saw move on was somebody I voted for. I would most definitely put my best effort into getting into the evening show okay. as well. And, that, and that's exactly where I was going. If, if that person, you know, did you have? Would you have such a vested interest in, in seeing that guy or girl move forward? Would you come back to see maybe the final show of the night? Yes, tr- just to, to see what we can do to to keep it moving forward. Right. Because there is, there is a real prize to be won for some people that, that fit into the criteria at the end. Because if you win that final show of the night, you get that golden fast pass. You get to go and try out for the real American Idol and get a front-of-the-line pass, as it were. You don't have to sit inside the Superdome with 60,000 other people trying to get in. <laughs> you go right to the front line, and there's, there's real... I mean, there's a real meaning. There's real value behind that for people. I mean, this, this is something right. important for people that are trying to get their shot. Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. And we, we still have a lot of people who will wait three days sleeping outside for this chance. So there really is a reason to do this. So we'll see a lot of talented people who are going to show up at the studios 
once every month, whatever their limitation is on how right. often they can audition. But we'll, I think we'll see them showing up a lot. I agree. I agree. And, I, and the one thing I wanted to touch on was the judges. Uh, because what they do do that's a little bit different is there are three judges, ironically one of them with an English accent named Simon, coincidentally, of course. Uh, but they are industry professionals. These are people that, that have expertise in things like music and showmanship, some, pe- some of whom have been with Disney and, and at Walt Disney World for on and off, maybe for 20 years or so. Uh, right. So they were, they're real people that are brought in. They're not just cast members. Uh, the, one, the one minor criticism I have, and I'll put a little asterisk next to it, is with the judges, and that I, I know that they sort of have some buzzwords and keywords to go off of. I almost felt like I was a little bit too scripted. I think they'll be able to work through that in time. Um, as they continued to go through more shows, we saw a very, very early, you know, a show very early on. Um, but because the judges don't have the say, because it's not left up to them, it was just an added level of entertainment. It really wasn't anything that impacted the show. In fact, because you know you're going to boo the guy, Simon, for whatever he's going to say, even before he speaks, it adds another little fun element to it. Yes. Yeah, it, it gets that involvement again. You Right away, you walk in there and you already know you're supposed to not like that third person. You're, you're uh, once again, emotionally involved in who those judges are. And I totally agree with you that the a lot of their comments seem uh, stilted, not as mu- not scripted as much as they're just – it seems like they're being very careful on how they say things. I would hope that that is going to go away over time. They will become more comfortable in their roles um, and th- they do have something honest to say. Yeah, the, right. the the things I heard were things I would agree with. I didn't hear, you know, instead of having somebody just always be lovey dovey about their with their comments, even every one of those those judges was offering up something that that performer can learn. Right, and I did take it, and obviously you'll see. I mean, at least one in the show that I saw. Maybe yours were different. There was somebody who was meant to mirror to a certain degree Randy Jackson a woman to mirror Paula Abdul and the Simon obviously to be you know the, the Simon Cowell of the group I did find that the Randy Jackson-esque person did have some good constructive criticism and even the Paula Abdul woman forgive me I don't remember what their names were as the the show progressed she started to offer up some things saying hey you know I think you missed it here I think you hit the mark here right. you know moving forward this is areas that you can work on but I do think you're talented so I think that will hopefully like you said start to come in later on more and more less of the buzzwords more of real opinions from them and real sort of uh, you know constructive criticism or, or praise as it were yeah i think after seeing it several times it, it's important that we we note that the judges are not impersonations of randy paula and simon because uh, one of the shows i saw um all the 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 relationships were all swapped around. We still had the urban hip person, and we still had the very loving person, and we still had the tell it like it is grumpy person. Right. But it it wasn't it wasn't this person was definitely not trying to be Simon in any way. He was just the person whose job was. I'm not going to waste anybody's time with uh, with just feeding these people false positive. He was very, uh, very quick to point out, I don't like this. Uh, you should sue your singing teacher. <laughs> you know, that type of thing. He was, that was, but he was not being Simon. 
like and like you said, it's just sort of the personalities that they kind of bring forward and, and the way that they praise or 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 not some of the people on stage. Mm-hmm. But what I really where where the show really I think hit the home run for me is at the very end, whether the person you voted for wins or not. When they announce the name and the confetti goes and the lights are going off and the music is blaring, um, which actually sounds excellent in that theater, by the way. The audio system is amazing in there. You can't help but be happy for that person. I saw people weeping, you know, when the guy won. I mean, a guy who they have no idea. I think he was from like Ocala, Florida or something. And they were genuinely, you know, happy for the guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a huge. It's it's not like the end of an American Idol show. It's it's like the finale show. Right. The end of your show is the end of the season finale. That's how big they make this this thing. And now, so it's important to note that this is the last show of the day where they do that. It's not every show. They don't have. They don't crown everybody a winner at the end of every show. It's the last show of the day where they crown their winner with the confetti and everything like that and the indoor fireworks. Totally in- incredible, energized, and you leave there just like, wow! I don't, I don't know what to think. I don't know what to say. Right, right. So yeah, it was it. The, the show was really an amazing experience. I'm looking forward to going back because now that I'm a bit removed from the event, I want to see another show. You know, just a normal daytime show, um, right. and see how I feel at that point. Uh, but after the show was over, we had a chance to mingle a little bit more talk to some more people talk to some more american idols um i will let you know that i am a little bit taller than david archuleta just for whatever that's worth i know he's only 17 but i have to take my my you know hits where i can get them um, and i'm a little skinnier than ruben stuttered so see, and you're the smart guy okay. you're right okay. you are the smart guy <laughs> you know dopes like me i take a picture next to um oh god brooke white you know who is maybe like 75 pounds soaking wet you stand next to ruben stuttered Who's maybe got a couple more pounds on? You look great. <laughs> I look like, you know, I look like Ruben Studdard standing next to Brooke White. <laughs> so. But that, that after the show was over, it seemed like they were not with their handlers. They were a lot more accessible talking. They were now they were like in, a, in the theme park and they were like, hey, let's go ride the rock and roller coaster. And you were run, running into them and they were happy to be talking to you where they weren't being told what to say. Right. Right, exactly. And it was nice to sort of get, and you could go over and, you know, I, I did it for my wife, but I'd go over and say, you know, can I take a picture with you? Can I, you know, get a, and, and they were very, very, very personable, uh, which was great to see. Right. And they were having a blast. I mean, there's, uh, you know, David, uh, I think it was either Justin and Carrie or, or uh, David Cook and Carrie were riding Rock and Roller Coaster. You know, they had right. Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower Tower open. So it was great to see them, like I said, enjoying the theme parks that way. Um, but yeah, Disney, wow, they they do know how to throw a party. And it's great to sort of see those people out of their element and just enjoying it. So, um, but, you know, as a whole, um, and again, I want to put you on the spot because you've seen the show more than once. You've been to the event and, and kind of can distinguish between the two. Do you think the attraction has longevity to it you know is this going to be something that in a year maybe won't have the same kind of impact that i think we're gonna that I, we're definitely going to see it has right now well i think disney works on their feet pretty well so the show will go through changes i bet over time and i think those changes will determine whether or not this becomes a long-running show or something that'll just be in that place for a few years i I personally love the energy level that that 
when people were leaving that theater, they were pumped up. They were excited. Oh, yeah, and they and and breaking into discussion. Oh, I like this person better. I didn't like that person's vo- song choice. Suddenly, everyone felt like they were in, they were the experts and they were all involved. If you can get people to be involved that way, you've succeeded. I agree, and I think there will be a level of longevity to it and a, a, a big repeatability factor because it's never, ever going to be the same. There is no script that they follow. And so, like I said, I, you know, I mentioned things like the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular or the Jedi Training Academy where there is a certain script that it follows. This is something more akin to maybe like the new Move It, Shake It, Celebrate It, the, the new dance party where the right. guests come out. They're involved you get to be part of the show, uh, whether it's if you're on stage, whether you get to just audition and sort of go through the process, which, from what I understand, is amazing just to be backstage, or if you get to have an interactive element and vote for people, you know, and clap right. and cheer or, or boo Simon or whatever it is that you want to do. And that's right. why I think uh, this attraction should and will do very, very well. You know, Lou, when, when the studios opened, they used to have a lot more interactivity with they would always be they'd pick people out of the crowd there'd be 10 people involved in almost every attraction there was some sort of involvement and that seemed to go away over time and this it came back with a vengeance with this attraction where we're now putting more than ever that they're putting putting a lot of pressure on those three performers but that's not to say that the show isn't controlled it the the Amateur people are only on the stage for six minutes out of that 35 minutes. So it's really still a tightly controlled show, even though we have amateur performances up there. Right. And and when we say amateur, like we said before, the people who are on stage are there because they are the best of their performances throughout the day. This is not going to be anything like you see on especially earlier seasons of American Idol. You're not going to have a William Hung. You're not going to have a bikini girl up there who are there just for, sort of for comedic relief. I mean, this is, they're taking it seriously because they know there is a, there's, you know, there is that golden ticket at the, at the end of the tunnel. Right. So part of the reason why I had to leave my wife home and take you and said it is not just because of the food that we know that we were going to share throughout the day, but because you actually helped me put together something for the show. Um, and what I decided to do is not really play audio for you on the podcast because you were hugely instrumental in helping me put together a video about our experience at the grand opening of the American Idol experience. I'm going to link it up in the show notes. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on the site. Uh, It's about six minutes long, sort of giving you our taste of the blue carpet, some of the interviews with not only people in the crowd, but some of the celebrities. Uh, There's also another video where you can see uh, elements from the show that we got to see get really a taste of what it was like as well as some of the performances from the American Idols on there so I have to give you huge huge monster thanks for shooting the video editing the video it came out great and I really really appreciate it thank you buddy it was it was it was a blast and, and to answer any potential questions that I may get I will not audition for the American Idol experience if you want to hear me sing you probably have to be at Jelly Rolls about 1.30 in the morning but that's <laughs> going to be uh, about it, although I'd love to just sort of go through the audition process just to experience it firsthand. But what I would love to do, though, is hear from other people, hear from you, the listeners, about either your experiences trying out for American Idol or your thoughts on the show, performers, whatever it might be, either 
email me at lou at wdwradio.com, or even better yet, call me. Uh, call the voicemail. Be on the air at 888-703-2171. Glenn Whalen, my man, from passamaquoddy.blog.com. I highly recommend you guys go and check out all the fun that takes place in Glenn's quaint little fishing village in his mind <laughs> over at Passamaquoddy. And uh, I will see you at dinner, my friend. Thank you, buddy. That music can only mean that it's time to announce the winner of my Walt Disney World Trivia Contest. Didn't have one last week because I gave you two weeks to respond to the last contest. And respond you did. Let me just say, so much for me trying to make the questions a little bit tougher. You guys are impressive. Most impressive. Anyway, let's go over the questions from two weeks ago and let me give you the answers. First... What is the only Disney film represented by audio-animatronic characters and figures in The Great Movie Ride? That, of course, is Mary Poppins. Number two. Who or what is or was Pippa? P-I-P-A. And that was The Talking Trash Can over at Rafiki's Planet Watch. If you are familiar with Push, The Talking Trash Can from Tomorrowland, then you'd know Pippa, which actually means, just so you know, Pippa means container in Swahili. So that's how they came up with the name. Third, in the final scene of Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress, what is the name of the video game that Jimmy and Grandma are playing? Now, I actually would have taken Space Pilot or Cyber Command. In the past, it's been referred to as Space Pilot in the script, and it's also been seen as a cyber command on the screen, so I would have taken either. Yes! 300 points, my best score yet. Well, it was baseball until Santa brought that new virtual reality space pilot game. Your turn, Grandma. Next question was, you may have never noticed it before, but behind the America Gardens Theater in World Showcase, a ship is docked out back. What is her name? And she is, of course, the Golden Dream. Finally, the last question was who or what is Big Bertha? And located in 1900 Park Fair at Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa, Big Bertha is the name that was given to a fairground-style organ that plays music from pipes and drums and a xylophone uh, along with your meal when you dine at 1900 Park Fair. So did you notice the pattern with all the questions? There was one from each of the theme parks and one from a resort. Oddly enough, it actually somewhat involved food. So for the bonus question, which you did not need to get right in order to win the prize, was this. I talked about some of the overlooked experiences on Disney's waterways, and one of the most unique ones from the past was an authentic Chinese junk. And I asked you what her name was and where she was docked. And she was the Eastern Winds, and from 1971 to 1978, you could charter her from the shores of the Polynesian. You actually would have needed a minimum crew of two with a pilot or deckhand, but because there was a complete galley on the board, you could actually dine there. There was a wet bar on there, so the crew complement could actually increase. And notable bit of trivia is that eventually the Eastern Winds was retired and sold to Joe Namath, Broadway Joe, the New York Jets quarterback. And once again, I have to tell you, I was very impressed at not just how many of you got all of the questions correct, but the bonus question as well. A lot of you threw in some extra facts 
and trivia in there. Awesome. Great job to all of you. But I have to tell you that during the week, uh, I changed my mind a little bit about this contest, and I'm not going to award a prize to a winner this week. Instead, I had a change of heart, and I'm actually going to give prizes to three random winners this week. Just because you guys have been so great lately, and I had so much fun meeting so many of you in Walt Disney World last week, and I just appreciate the great emails and comments and stuff like that I've been getting lately. So this is just my way of saying thanks uh, to give out three more, three prizes instead of just one. So this week's winners are Keith Fish Fishler, Kim Nikula, and Mary Jo Collins. So congratulations to all three of you. Each of you is going to get a Disney World trivia page a day calendar, audio guides to Main Street and Adventureland, a WDW radio show button, and the Dream Mickey Ears. And because all of you got the bonus questions right, me and my big mouth, you're all going to get a copy of one of my Walt Disney World trivia books, although it sounds like none of you really need it, and a limited edition Celebrations magazine pin. And I hope you guys like the prizes. Hope that you're actually playing not for the prizes, but just for the fun. So if you are, it's time for this week's Disney World Trivia Contest. Here are your three questions this week, and there will just be one winner. First question, where in the world can you find Officer Ralph Digby? Number two, name the four character trails in Camp Mini Mickey. And number three, the story of Expedition Everest takes place in a distant world in a mythical village called Zong. What does Zerkazong mean? And here is your bonus question for this week. Again, you don't need to get the bonus question right in order to be put into the random pool. In the early 70s, around 1972 or so, they used to show Disney movies in the lobby level of Disney's Contemporary Resort. What was the name of the theater that those movies were shown in? Now, you guys get this. I'll be very, very, very impressed. This is a bit of a tough one. I thought I'd throw a little bit of a tricky one in here this week. But if you get the three questions correct, you will win the prize package that includes the Disney World Trivia page-a-day calendar, the audio guide to Walt Disney World Main Street USA on CD, a WDW radio show button, and thanks to Brett Caldwell, the Dream Mickey Ears. And if you get the bonus question right, you will get a bonus prize. Now, you have until 11.59 p.m. on Saturday, February 28th, 2009, to email your answers. One per person, by the way. That I meant to say that initially. But kudos to the person that sent in the same email and entry 11 times last week. Uh, I did not penalize you. I threw them all in there. Unfortunately, you didn't win. So, But one per person per email address, please, to Lou at WDWRadio.com. I will draw one winner randomly from all the correct entries. So remember, it's more important to be right than to be first. So good luck and have fun. Before I wrap up the show this week and then play some of your voicemails at the very end, I wanted to go ahead and play and then answer a listener voicemail because it does happen to deal with an event that possibly may take place around Walt Disney World later on this week. So first, here's the question, and then here's my answer. 
Hi, Lou. This is Todd Pushman in Southgate. Uh, I'm hoping you can play this question uh, on this week's show because I think this is a question that's never been answered before on any podcast that I've listened to. Uh, we're going to be down there this coming weekend on February 27th. And like everybody who listens to the podcast, I'm a big Disney geek. Um, and But I'm also a space geek at the same time. And I see the space shuttle is going to be launching sometime this possibly as early as this weekend. And while I'm at Disney World, I'm wondering if there is a good location I can go to someplace on property to watch the space shuttle launch. Uh, just throwing that question out there, seeing you, if you or any listeners have any good ideas on that, I'd love to hear any comments. Thank you so much, Lou, for all you do. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you very much for the voicemail and the question. Uh, I've actually had a chance to see the space shuttle launch once before, um, actually at night, from Epcot. But in order to give you the best possible answer, I wanted to bring in somebody who is not just a Disney fan, but a space shuttle launch aficionado, and it's my man, Glenn Whalen. Back again. Back again, Glenn. It's great to be here. You ne- It's like you never left. It's like I never left. <laughs> so the question is, you know, is there a best place or a recommended place where you're, you know, Glenn's super secret hideaway place to watch a space shuttle launch? And would it vary maybe between a daytime launch and a nighttime launch? Well, it's important to note that almost any place you are, if you are outside, it's a good viewing uh, for the space shuttle because it it goes up to, to about uh, 90, 90% or 90 degrees of the sky. So you you're going to see it no matter what. But the best place to have an unobtrusive view would be, <clears throat> first of all, if you can get on top of the contemporary where the California Grill is, is a wonderful viewing location. Uh, but that's not always convenient for everybody. So my favorite place to to actually take it in then is actually in the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. There's actually one... Um, <clears throat> one stoop level up pretty high that's actually right where you can actually see the castle and you also have an ob- unob- unobstructed view of where the shuttle launches which actually will will appear like it's flying up a little bit left of the contemporary from the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. Okay, and that's actually what I was going to ask you which was if you're standing say in the hub, you know, where should you where would you be looking for this way if you you know, if you need to be somewhere else in the park um, what might be a good way to, to get the best view? Yeah, almost perfectly. I believe it comes up over Tomorrowland. How appropriate. So, yes. <laughs> they designed it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I actually saw it um, a nighttime launch from uh, the Tory Gate in Japan. Yes. And it was spectacular. Again, I have no frame of reference, but it was beautiful. And like I said, it really lights up the night sky. And, you know, to be able to see a shuttle launch from Disney World, uh, I mean, unless yes. you're at Cape Canaveral itself, there's probably no better place to watch it from. Well, there's actually there's two. The shuttle launches from one of two uh, gantry towers, so it's in two different locations. And depending on whether they're going to the space station or if they're if they have a different mission, it also depends. They'll they'll adjust which way they aim as they're going up. So it doesn't always go to the appropriate place, but you will see it pretty much anywhere you can as long as you have clear skies. See, and this is why I brought you in to answer this. It was going to be you or Gary Sinise, and I just thought that you might be, you know, do a little bit of a better. Well, job. Gary Sinise is here, um, <laughs> but he had nothing to offer. So, <laughs> awesome. So, I, I hope that answers the question for you. And like you said, I, I think there's probably no bad place to watch it. So, Glenn, thank you very much for uh, for helping me out with this one. Keep watching the stars. Nice, nice outro. I like that. <laughs> 
And look, I have to go and talk over it and ruin it for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the time we have this week. Thanks again to my guests, Tim Foster from GuideToTheMagic.com and Celebrations Magazine, as well as Glenn Whalen from the wonderful world of Passamaquoddy. To join in on the fun, visit Passamaquoddy.blog.com. Don't forget that if you have any questions that you want answered on the air, you can email me at Lou at WDWRadio.com. Or if you want to be heard on the air, you can call the voicemail toll-free at 888 703 2171 and no plugs or anything this week just a couple of reminders just because I want to say thank you to all of you guys I love you guys for listening I had such a good time meeting so many new faces last week at February's meet of the month that was the entire goal of me doing these meets each and every month and I have actually just scheduled March's meet of the month that is going to be Saturday March 21st 2009 Starting at 2 p.m., we are going to meet in France in World Showcase by the bridge that leads over to the United Kingdom. If you can't make it there at 2 o'clock, don't worry. Usually we're there for a couple of hours. I've posted all of the meet information in the forums at DisneyWorldTrivia.com as well as in the WDW Radio Show group over on Facebook. I'll link to both of those directly in this week's show notes. If you think you're going to make it, please come by at either place RSVP, not required, but would love to know that you're coming. Speaking of meets, you may have seen my Twitter post as well as the news on my site or others around the web that MouseFest is going on hiatus for 2009. If you have not read that as yet, you can head on over to mousefest.org for more information. That being said, my meets of the month are still going to continue and hopefully these are going to give me even more opportunities to get to meet more of you in Walt Disney World. Of course, I will be doing one in December as well, as well as every other month up until then, so stay tuned for more dates and information as we get closer. I'll also be doing another broadcast of WDW Radio Live, which is a live, interactive, real-time video chat in the next couple of weeks, so definitely stay tuned to my posts on the forums, in Twitter, on Facebook, for more information about exactly when that's going to take place. Speaking of which, if you're not following me on Twitter, you can head on over to twitter.com slash get my instant updates. And if you're on Facebook, come over, friend me up there, join the WDW Radio Show group there. Again, all these links in the show notes. But like I said, that's it for this week. No plugs, no nothing, just thanks to all of you for all of your support. I really, really appreciate it. If you like this show, all I ask is that you please go out Help spread the word, review the show on iTunes, come say hi on Facebook, anywhere that you want to come by, interact, and say hello. You know, I love hearing from you, and even better yet, love meeting all of you. So thank you again for tuning in. Until next time, remember, always keep moving forward. Have a great week. See ya. Hey there, Lou. It's Jamie. How are you? Listen, I just wanted to take a moment and share something with you and your listeners. I know you've talked a lot of times about how important it is to share cast member feedback with Walt Disney World. And I know a few weeks ago you had shared the email address to where you could send those comments. Well, I did just that to appreciate 
a cast member over at Tusker House and Animal Kingdom, and I got a voicemail back from Walt Disney World just the other day, and again, I wanted to share this with you. Uh, it was a great tip, and I'm so glad that I did it. Hello, Mr. Kersey. This is Darren Crock calling from the executive offices of the Walt Disney World Resort. I'm calling you to thank you for taking the time to email us. Our guest comments are very important to us, and we appreciate hearing from you. And I wanted to uh, personally thank you for your your compliments regarding Neil from a Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park. Uh, in today's busy world, you know, credit is not always given when it is deserved, and, and for that reason, we are especially appreciative of you taking the time to tell us about the superior achievements of this cast member. Um, it is always a pleasure to hear that our cast members are appreciated, and, and I wanted to assure you that your compliments uh, uh, have been shared with, with our executives at Disney's Animal Kingdom, and that he will be recognized uh, for going above and beyond for you and your family during your visit. Mr. Kirsty, I hope that your next visit to the Walt Disney World Resort is filled with many more special memories, and I, I thank you again for taking the time uh, to contact us. Thank you, and I wish you a good day. Goodbye. Hey, Lou, this is Frank from Alexandria, Virginia. I just became aware of your show. Uh, I'm visually impaired, and my daughter just recently turned me on to the podcast with the uh, iPod I bought her for Christmas. Now she hardly gets to use this since I'm listening to all your back programs. Anyway, I uh, listened to your January 25th show with respect to the people with special needs, and I found it fascinating and useful. I just wish that the person who was visually impaired could have made it to the show. It would have been interesting to see what she, he or she had to say about the show. Hopefully sometime in the future uh, you'll have um, that person on, and she can give her insights into touring Disney with uh, special needs like visually impaired. I'll keep listening. Thanks. It's a great show. Take care. Hey, Lou, this is Ryan from Florida. And about your question from the few days ago, the February 8th show, about what you would like to put in World Showcase, I agree with the Egypt idea. I thought that would be really cool. And also, I would like to see Japan. Even though, like, there's already China. Um, they're two different cultures. Or maybe even... Um, like the Australia idea, and maybe even I was thinking this like really abstractly, like maybe not just the World Showcase, but maybe even like the moon, because we've been there and stuff, and I thought that would be a neat thing to do, like it kind of like incorporates Future World with this World Showcase, and there could be a bunch of stuff done there. So, um, thanks for listening, and I'll be listening. Thanks. Hi, Lou. Just calling with some feedback in regards to the countries I'd love to see on the uh, World Showcase. Uh, kind of piggybacking off your Egypt suggestion, I think Greece would be great. Uh, the columns, you could have a, uh, like a, a show that goes through the mythology, Hercules, all of those characters, either from the movies or just from actual real history, and your favorite, the food. And another place would be India, um, because not only is it slowly becoming... Other than China, one of the most populated places on Earth, but again, great culture. And uh, the added convenience of being able to bring your Dell with you to Walt Disney World and have it repaired while you were at the park. Um, of course, I'm kidding on that last one, sort of. But I think those are my suggestions. Anyway, uh, my name is Frank, and I love the show. Talk to you later. Hello, what's up? I'm calling you from Peter Pan Flight. We just ran into, uh, it's my wife's birthday on Valentine's Day. Uh, Rachel, and um, so, but we just ran into uh, 
Tom Cruise, Katie Holmes, and Baby Siri out on the lawn at the in front of the castle. We got to meet Cinderella and have a private thing with Cinderella. And then Mickey and Minnie came out of the castle to meet her. It was really cool. Just thought you should know about it. I'll send you some pictures. Bye. Hi, Lou. This is Laura from San Diego. I am at Disneyland today, and I have just taken my first ride on the newly refurbished Small World, refurbished and characterized, and uh, I am very impressed. I am very uh, satisfied. <laughs> I was a little skeptical, but I'm very impressed. The dolls fit in perfectly, and the remaining dolls, the returning dolls, look great. And the clock just went off, and the parade just went around the front of the of the uh, clock here, and those dolls look fantastic too, and I liked it so much. I'm going to do something I never do. I'm going to ride Small World twice in one trip. So I'm off. Bye, Lou. Hi, Lou. It's Laura from San Diego again. I'm standing outside Small World. I've just finished my second ride, and I'm a little concerned I think I might need help because I want to ride again. <laughs> not really sure what to do with that. It's never happened before. So I think I will ride again. Bye. Hi, Lou. Laura from San Diego again. I had to tell you how my small world morning ended. The third ride was ruined by a cell phone talker at the back of the boat talking very loud through the whole thing. So I'm snapped out of my small world days, and I'm going to go ride uh, the Matterhorn, where it's much harder to carry on the conversation through the whole ride. Bye, Lou. Aloha, Lou. This is Joel from the Andrew Mouse Club TV over here in Honolulu. I was listening to your show the other week, and you were talking about uh, the Skyway buildings, and that brought back one of the memories that I had from working on the college program and also just the kind of detail that Disney goes through. And when I was on the college program, it was the February uh, spring time frame, and down at Walt Disney World, we get all those seagulls. So, of course, what do the people do? They feed the seagulls, and what happens after they feed the seagulls? The seagulls poop. <laughs> and Disney would have us go out and clean. I can remember one day vividly having to put on the long rubber gloves with the long handle brush and scooping, uh, scraping um, and scrubbing poop off the side of the Tomorrowland Terrace. Well, that same week, some of the friends that I was uh, on the program with, they had to go to the top of Mr. Toad's, and they were scraping poop off of the top of Mr. Toad's because the people on the Skyway could see the roofs and all the gunk and everything that would be up there. So they had an interesting experience up on the top of the buildings, and the guests got to see a cleaner rooftop line when they were riding Skyway. So two of the things tied in together with our favorite topic of Disney. So anyway, take care and aloha, Lou. Bye-bye. Hi, Lou. It's Paul from Texas. Just want to say I love the podcast. Keep them coming out. Um, I just read uh, last night the email about Mouse Fest 2009 being canceled. I uh, just want to say I know that couldn't have been an easy decision for uh, yourself and the other members on the executive committee there to make. I know how much all of you love Disney and love that time down there together. I got to attend Mouse Fest uh, back in 2006. It's where I actually found out about uh, your podcast and some of the other podcasts and Internet and communities out there. Um, so I really have some very fond memories of it. But uh, uh, under understand that with the chairperson's uh, decision, 
that he needed to step down and focus on some some family and some business things. Um, it really kind of left a, a big void there, some big shoes to fill. Uh, but uh, hopefully you guys uh, can figure out a way to get it going again. I know once these things kind of get uh, lose some momentum and stop, it's very hard to get them turned on back again. So uh, best of luck in that endeavor. And uh, once again, uh, love the podcast, and please keep up the great work. Thank <laughs> you.